The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, Even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Gospel of the Lord. You You can be seated. Lord, teach us to pray. That was the request made by the disciples of Jesus. And the prayer that Jesus taught them has trickled down through the centuries all the way to today. There is no portion of the Bible that is more frequently quoted by Christians than the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. It exists in all denominations, in all parts of the world. The prayer that Jesus taught is a bond that Christians share across time and across space. It's also a prayer that Martin Luther found to be essential in understanding and practicing the Christian faith. Along with Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments, the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples formed the bedrock of Luther's small catechism. Now, maybe you went through Lutheran Sunday School and confirmation in a Lutheran church, and the catechism was hammered into you, and the word catechism makes you twitch. (laughs) Or maybe you're like me, and you didn't read Luther's catechism until much later in life. Maybe even now, the catechism is completely new to you. Today, I want to take Jesus's prayer that he taught to his disciples and put it side by side with Luther's words and see what things we can discover. 
Maybe there's something that we've been missing under our noses the whole time. Because that's the drawback of liturgies and prayers that we repeat every Sunday over and over, is they become rote. They become so familiar that you switch to autopilot and you don't even realize the meaning of what you're saying anymore. So you could say that we're always in need of having Jesus teach us how to pray. Jesus said when he taught the disciples how to pray, Our Father in heaven. And Luther said, With these words, God wants to attract us so that we come to believe he is truly our Father and we are truly his children in order that we may ask him boldly and with complete confidence just as loving children ask their loving Father. In the Gospel reading, Jesus uses this analogy of parents knowing how to give their kids what they need. And if parents can figure out how to take care of their kids, then how much more does God know how to take care of all God's children? When you're a child, you aren't even aware of how much is being provided for you. Infants, toddlers, they have no way to process that their food, their clothing, their shelter, their comfort are being provided for by their caregivers. But as you get older, you become more self-sufficient, eventually finding a way to provide all of those things for yourself. But Jesus' prayer names a truth that sets everything in your life back to childhood. God is the Father, and we are all God's children. And you may feel like you can take care of yourself, but ultimately everything you need is graciously provided to you by God, like a parent, a good parent. Jesus said, hallowed be your name. Luther said, it is true that God's name is holy in itself, but we ask in this prayer that it may also become holy in and among us. How does this come about? Whenever the word of God is taught clearly and purely, and we as God's children also live holy lives according to it. To this end, help us, dear Father in heaven. However, whoever teaches and lives otherwise than the word of God teaches, dishonors the name of God among us. Preserve us from this, Heavenly Father. In the Bible, names are not just about labels. They describe the essence of a person. Hallowed means holy, set apart, special. Saying that God's name is holy means that God's essence is holiness. And Luther points out, it's not only that God's name is holy, but we ask that God's name may also become holy in and among us. The holiness and sacredness of God's essence is to become part of who we are through baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit who joins us into the body of Christ. Jesus said, 
your kingdom come. And Luther said, in fact, God's kingdom comes on its own without our prayer. But we ask in this prayer that it may also come to us. How does this come about? Whenever our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that through the Holy Spirit's grace, we believe God's holy word and live godly lives here in time and hereafter in eternity. Jesus spoke very often in the Gospels about the kingdom of God coming. And the idea is not like a literal castle coming down from heaven and floating to earth. It's not an escape hatch either. It's not meant to get us out of this world to a better place. Instead, God's kingdom is the reality in which God's perfect, peaceful, loving design and intention for all things is carried out. And that's what this prayer is asking for. God, by your spirit, bend my life into your reality in which your reign of peace and justice and love is embodied through everything that I do. Jesus said, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Luther said, in fact, God's good and gracious will comes about without our prayer, but we ask in this prayer that it may also come about in and among us. How does this come about? Whenever God breaks and hinders every evil scheme and will, as our present and the will of the devil, the world, and our flesh, that would not allow us to hallow God's name and would prevent the coming of his kingdom. And instead, whenever God strengthens us and keeps us steadfast in his word and in faith until the end of our lives, this is God's gracious and good will. My favorite thing that Luther has now said twice is that actually, you don't have to pray for God's kingdom to come and you don't have to pray for God's will to be done because those things are not dependent on you. God is establishing a peaceful reign, and God is fulfilling God's will with or without you. The prayer is an invitation. Lord, make me a part of your reign and your will. Jesus said, give us today our daily bread. Luther said, in fact, God gives daily bread without our prayer, even to all evil people. But we ask in this prayer that God cause us to recognize what our daily bread is and to receive it with thanksgiving. What then does daily bread mean? This is my favorite part. Everything included in the necessities and nourishment for our bodies, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, farm, fields, livestock, money, property, an upright spouse, upright children, upright members of the household, upright and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, decency, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. Have you ever thought 
of daily bread as good government? Luther's point is that it is much more than food that we are not only dependent on for God, but that we should be asking God for. God, give us today a system that governs our communities with fairness and justice, where all people's needs and experiences are treated equally, so that children can grow up without anxiety or fear. That's part of the prayer for daily bread. Jesus said, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And Luther said, we ask in this prayer that our Heavenly Father would not regard our sins nor deny these petitions on their account, for we are worthy of nothing for which we ask, nor have we earned it. Instead, we ask that God would give us all things by grace, for we daily sin much and indeed deserve only punishment. So, on the other hand, we too truly want to forgive heartily and to do good gladly to those who sin against us. This is a very simple idea, but one that we have to constantly learn over and over again. One who cannot offer forgiveness cannot receive it. There are no qualifications or conditions put on that statement. The forgiveness that you withhold from others will be withheld from you. It's only by God's grace that anybody receives anything. Jesus said, save us from the time of trial. And Luther said, it is true that God tempts no one, but we ask in this prayer that God would preserve and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our flesh may not deceive us or mislead us into false belief, despair, and other great and shameful sins, and that although we may be attacked by them, we may finally prevail and gain the victory. You are not exempt from trials as a follower of Jesus. You are either in one currently or you are waiting for the next one to happen. You are daily immersed into a world that will deceive you and will mislead you into false belief, despair, and disconnection from the life that God actually intends for you. By God's grace, through the gift of faith and the power of God's Spirit and with the encouragement of the people of God, you are saved from trials. Jesus said, and deliver us from evil. And Luther said, we ask in this prayer as in a summary that our Father in heaven may deliver us from all kinds of evil, affecting body or soul property, or reputation. And at last, when our final hour comes, may grant us a bless, blessed end and take us by grace from this valley of tears to himself in heaven.
in your baptism, God's Spirit has sealed you and will safely deliver you from evil by God's grace. And the kingdom, which is the peaceful reign of God, and the power, which is the life-giving force behind all good things, and the glory are God's, now and forever. Amen.